0: Hey everybody, Drew here. Just wanted to let you guys know, the episode that you are about to listen to features a lot of talk about our Patreon that we just started last week, and we launched at the end of last week's episode, and, well... This episode was recorded before we launched the Patreon, so you're gonna hear about a lot of cool stuff that we have planned that, thanks to you guys, we are actually gonna be able to do. We have already blown past four of our six Patreon goals. We're getting monthly streams, we're getting a new episode of the Drift Rider crew, we are getting so many more things thanks to you guys, and there are still so many more goals to get to, and... Man, thank you guys. Uh, we love all of our, our listeners and we just can't wait to see what the next year and what the years to come have to offer. So with that said, I'm going to jump into the episode from the very beginning. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs>
1: Good morning, Crittermanders, Starfinders, and Dead Suns Survivors. We're back with another episode of Cosmic Crit. My name is Patrick, I'm your Game Master, your number one unofficial Starfinder podcaster, and I introduce faster than the human ear can differentiate and delineate. We are back with another episode of the show to raise our glasses high, to cherish memories of old friends and send them off with one final emphatic Starfinder salute. (laughs) Boom. Please do me the great courtesy of sharing in the honor of saying hello to my five friends and your quintet of erstwhile players. First off to my left, the one and only, never lonely, Drew.
0: Is there a Thing I need to reference here—is this uh, like a, a movie or a comic
1: book? You can just say hello. <laughs> we're in special episode territory. Hello. Second alphabetically, but first in integrity. To his left is Gibbert. These pretzels are making me thirsty. The third That's across referencing right. <laughs> no, sorry. Okay. Hey, Patrick. No. <laughs> no. We <weren't. laughs> Third across my heart and hope the wizard don't die it's my, 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 my miles good evening <laughs> fourth a Bitten, thrice shy and fanian favorite winner it's rebecca
2: i am only just now realizing that we're in alphabetical order
1: oh my <laughs> gosh we we've had like
3: 70 yeah,
2: we are are we <laughs> really <laughs> yes yes
3: i i didn't realize that either <laughs> holy free holy you guys i didn't realize it either yeah, me <laughs> either. <laughs> it only took like 80 <laughs> episodes for us to it. figure this out. Look, we're real dumb guys. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's how I was. I, I, I never put that together, ever. I didn't want to show any favorites, so alphabetical order it is. Last but not least, chef of this feast and an absolute beast. We have to my right, Tyler. Hey, Tyler.
4: Hello, Patrick. I'm enjoying my Earl Grey tea today. Oh, mm. boy.
1: Always, always with the tea That fun character Tyler's drinking tea How how are you guys doing tonight? Uh, Pretty good Good, good, good. you all have made it now Through a year and a half of Dead Son's goodness You've survived my Machiavellian plots to emotionally blackmail you into caring about your characters And come out the other (laughs) side, congratulations Thank you (laughs) Feels good we have a lot to talk about this, this episode, there's a lot of stuff. We don't have an intro on this week's episode, but we're going to do the intro right now, which is a plug for our our announcement we made last week. And in, in last week's episode, I want to talk about it a little bit more. We, we announced the Cosmic Crit Patreon last week and I want to just talk to our listeners out there first, as well as the five of you players about why we're doing it, what we hope to accomplish. And uh, what we can accomplish with the support of our listeners. So first things first, I want to explain that this podcast feed isn't going to change at all. (laughs) We're still going to have our Monday morning episodes out for everyone's commute into work. And, you know, just know that while the the Patreon campaign is ongoing, basically nothing's ever going to change on this podcast. And because of the Patreon campaign, we're not going to have to do anything like sell add space to uh, to companies or or kidneys. Yeah, I'm not going to sell <laughs> both of Tyler's kidneys. He needs at least <laughs> one to live. Whoa. Whoa. Nothing untowards like that. So yeah, my priority to our listeners, to you five players, is to make this, our main game here, fun and keep the table and the podcast uh, as well as Mondays sacred. You know, make sure those episodes are ready to release. We feel we, very very strongly about that. Yeah, well, it's not just when we release the episodes. We usually record on Mondays too. And it's turned Monday from my least favorite day into probably the most enjoyable start to the work week. It's gone <laughs> from Monday to Fun Day. Monday to Fun Day. <laughs> oh boy.
0: Except when you're down into the deep HP levels and you're running out of RP and you just don't know whether you're going to make it to the end of that Monday.
1: That's Fun Day to Bum Day. You're describing a great day for me. True. So, yeah, the reason I uh, want to do this Patreon is we have a ton of other things that we want to do in addition to this podcast, including fan hangouts, doing streams on our Twitch channel, making extra content, and putting it out there in the the Critterverse. And in order to do that, we got to pay some bills. So if you are fans are willing to support us by pledging on our Patreon. It'll help us pay for things like the uh, fan submission challenges and the prizes that we award, help recoup uh, some of our investments in technology, paying artists for character designs, subscriptions to gaming services, those rack up pretty quickly, (laughs) and we'll have more time and money and peace of mind in order to work on these, these projects. So, the Patreon is up already. We've been talking about it on social media and stuff. And let's talk about specifics. If you give us $5 a month, you will be in our pledge level, our tier called Pronking Patron. And mm-hmm. that took me like three months to think of that name.
4: So It was very good. It was very good. <laughs>
1: It might have been suggested to me. I don't know what I was calling it before, but that's that's uh, (laughs) one of the base levels. There's another um, like, you know, helping out uh, level. But at five dollars, that gets you all the extra content that we're going to make for the Patreon early. It will eventually probably make its way into the podcast, but you will get it as soon as it is cut. There's going to be side quest adventures, stories, eventually, hopefully blooper reels, homebrewed content and behind the scenes shenanigans and things like that. And that is, that's the main level. If you wanna go above and beyond that, the next tier is $10. This is a level called Flanking Buddies. Flanking Buddies! With a Z, of course. And at that tier, every time that one of you five, I don't think I'm gonna do it, but when a player maybe rolls a critical hit in combat, we will take a Flanking Buddies patron and read a shout-out to them on the air. And there will be places on the Patreon where you can put your, your shout-outs. I'll keep a, a master list of them and feel free to say hello to friends, ask a crew member a question. I would recommend maybe throwing in a jibe at them, like finally you rolled a crit. It's been long enough, but uh, something fun and we'll read it in the show and in addition to that of course you get the previous tiers rewards too a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about in this patreon i'd like to talk about our goals the first goal we have is 66 bucks a month And as soon as we cross that, that's when we're going to start our monthly stream via the Twitch channel. And I know you guys are all very excited about that. Uh, We we streamed uh, late last year for Extra Life. And, uh, I mean, I don't want to say it was more fun than doing the podcast, but (laughs) it was a lot of fun.
2: Plan 9!
1: Plan 9 for now. You you guys need to help us execute Order 66. (laughs) I wasn't thinking about that when I made that the dollar (laughs) amount, but... Yeah, we've got uh, we have plans to do some interactive games with our our patrons and our crittermander fans, more movie watch alongs, that was that was a lot of fun. And and hangouts with crittermanders on there. But the real goal I want to talk about is the next one, which I mentioned last week. Goal number two is a number that is very sacred to us here on the podcast. It is $147, <laughs> and when we get there, that's when we will play and record our first Drift Rider crew special, which you guys hopefully are excited about. I don't know what it's going to be yet, because I'm, <coughs> I'm, I'm waiting. We're recording this, obviously, before the Patreon has hit, before it's live. What do you guys expect to see in that, that special? Uh,
0: a, a new fifth uh, team member. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, 147 just makes me sad because I missed <laughs> this already. Yeah.
1: Well, who said that this can't be a prequel adventure?
2: It could be, could be. Mm-hmm. It could be,
1: it could be Cosmic Babies. <laughs>
4: oh, <laughs> just like baby and this. We, <laughs> make come true. we do have the chibi art, we can just do... A... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We could do Cosmic Babies, up. that's a good idea. I
1: think I think Andis will still be, like, 70 years old. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> is a
1: baby? And, like, you just see, like, Andis's feet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, whatever we do, it's going to be your characters, the ones that all the fans out there have grown to love over this season, come back at level 13. We're going to level them up and continue the... The, the side quest, the, the meta adventure in a big way. I've got homebrewed stories already prepared to expand the comic crit mythology and get into your, your backgrounds, your futures and I promise you there will be some intense battles in those episodes how, how as well. How disappointing
0: is it going to be when one of our characters oh. dies
3: in that first yeah.
1: It's going <laughs> that, to that be amazing. That, a,
3: that well, I mean, also like if one of our characters dies, they never to do that again.
1: <laughs> part of part of the Patreon is I'm definitely going to reach out to them for, you know, polling and see like what kind of adventure they want to see, what they're interested in and and all tiers of the the Patreon will have access to those polls and previews. We'll we'll put up some previews of what's to come. But yes, we're only getting to $147 with your guys' support. And lastly, I wanted to mention very quickly that our highest tier, for those of you who are dying to support this podcast in a big way and maybe are just dying to play some Starfinder, we have the Dragon Master tier. The, the Black Elite card, if you will, of the Cosmic Crypt Patreon. That's uh, for 25 bucks If you show up and support the show then I will run you through whatever Starfinder Society or campaign that the group of Dragon Masters wants, and we'll have a vote on that. But we'll be doing play-by-post on our Discord server, potentially live games via Roll20 if scheduling permits. But this is a very limited tier. It is a maximum of six backers. You're going to have to be pledged for a couple months before we start. But I would love to take people, are fans, Crittermanders through an entire campaign from start to finish. Maybe even racing the cast and playing against the Aeon Throne at the same time. (laughs) Ah. But that game, whatever we do, will become canon in the Cosmic Crit universe. So, uh, characters might show up in in the game, or vice versa. (laughs) They might show up on the podcast. And those players, the Dragon Masters, can help explore the mysteries of the, the cosmic critter verse.
3: So, so Patrick, I, I had a, a, a question. I don't, I don't know if you mentioned this. So you, you've gone up to about uh, $147. Are there tiers past that?
1: Yes. We have more stuff we want to do. Some more shows, more content. We will have those announced as we get closer to them, but every other goal is going to be doing an additional adventure with the Drift Rider crew, at, at least uh, through enough episodes to where we can kind of, Tell the 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 story of level thirteen, um, mm-hmm. Alindra and Nack and all the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So that that will probably get us uh, get us pretty far in the future. But every time you hit one of those, we'll have those ready to go, and we'll play those uh, basically as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, and and just to to let you guys know, we do have some plans that if if we do get above certain certain totals, that some of your individual patron level rewards like the $5 reward level and the, and, and the $10 reward level might get some extra stuff uh, oh, yeah. month to month as we go on further and further up the, the ladder.
1: If you guys like I said want to support the show and you want to show up and throw money in our face then I mean Everything over what we need to keep the podcast going, I want to just give right back to our Crittermanders. I love giving out the prizes for the the monthly fan challenges. Maybe those prizes go up. Maybe we just give back to everyone that's on the the Patreon with some some cool rewards.
4: I think overall our goal, uh, as always with the Patreon, Patreon will be to produce more content for people and also to make sure that fans feel uh, closer to the podcast than than ever before, uh, increase interaction with you guys is always our number one priority, and also to make sure that uh, there's always cosmic crit content to enjoy, both on your Monday commutes and you know possibly with some extra content. Other daily commutes, and hopefully, yeah. I know I'm. I'm very excited for the the streaming We're, aspect of things.
2: Yeah, I was whenever. gonna say, please don't stream Twitch while you're driving. Um, that sounds really. <laughs> if dangerous. you're
4: a dedicated fan, you will
3: stream
1: Twitch. No, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, the, absolutely. Twitch, the Twitch, <laughs> Twitch app
2: will
3: <life> and limb. <laughs> the Twitch
0: app will stream audio only. So,
1: where wherever you are listening to Cosmic Crit, it turns it from a day that ends in Y into another day that ends in Y. Fun day.
0: Ah. Yeah. Oh, no. And I do, I do want to say just, just one more time that we love all you guys that, that spend your time listening to us. It's fantastic, and we don't want to feel like anybody's being left out with this. So you have my word, Patrick's word, all of our word, that the show as it exists today, the Discord as it exists today, you're not going to lose anything as part of this. We are going to continue to do the exact same things we're doing for everybody from this point forward.
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I wouldn't do the, the Patreon or I wouldn't take on ads on the podcast otherwise unless, you know, basically nothing changed for, for the fans that have stuck with us. Yeah, we, so. we
0: talked we talked about this a lot. And, and I know you, a lot of you guys for about a year. Yeah, I know, I know a lot of people have been asking us if we were ever going to do something like this. And it took a lot of thought to find something that we were kind of all OK with. And uh, we don't want to do ads. We don't want to interrupt our show to talk about... Uh, 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 Blue Apron. Blue Apron or uh, <laughs> oh,
1: stamp cool. Mail, um,
3: mail, mail, kemp?
1: <laughs> <laughs> mail yeah. kemp. This podcast is the the podcast that I want to listen to. And I, I basically put the Patreon together to be something that I would, myself, <laughs> as a fan of podcasts and and online content creators would, you know, be proud to support. So
3: not just that, but we also and this is like like what Drew was saying that we kind of labored over this for a a good long time. We went back and forth. This is not something we we did lightly because we also don't want to feel that if anyone's going to uh, part with their hard earned money, we don't want to anyone to feel like it wasn't worth it, if that makes any sense.
1: Makes perfect sense, but we can't talk about the Patreon all night long. We gotta get into the rest of this episode. So, this episode is going to be something similar to what we did in special episode X06, back when we finished book three of Dead Sons. Back then, we were halfway through the campaign, but this episode is going to be what we call a post-mortem discussion, (laughs) because the campaign is dead going to talk about everything we've done thus far. So that includes the first half of the campaign, the back half that we just completed. Now post-mortem is something that we did back in college after uh, finished, you know, we, we finished putting up a play and sometimes midway through and it helped talk about the process, what went well, what didn't go well.
0: It, it, unlike like the name, it has nothing to do with Eox. So... Uh.
1: <laughs> Uh, don't you steal my jokes? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that it, it usually helped us be better prepared for future productions, and that's kind of what I want to do tonight. Is reflect: How can I be- become a better GM? How can you guys maybe work better as a team of players? How can we collectively be a, a, a better podcast? And yeah, that's what we're going to talk about, as so well as talking about your characters, some favorite moments, but first things first, an official announcement as well. This episode is uh, the wrap up of season one of Cosmic Crit, and it's also the official end of the first season. When we, we come back next week is gonna be the kickoff of season two. So this is it. Let's let's get ready to bury this episode. <laughs> um, Jeez, Patrick, you're sure uh, making this final. <laughs> open up this Eoxian cadaver. Of season one. Dead Suns. Crack it open. So first things first, in this first part of the show, I want to ask you all questions and maybe have you ask some questions of me. So much of our relationship as GM and players is kind of cloaked in mystery. (laughs) I wanted... Is it? (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, as far as like what I'm allowed to tell you while we're playing. Ah, yeah. So I, I want this experience of playing as players to be very fun for you all. So I had very strict... Spoilers policy on on you all what you can read as well as in our Discord, but that's out the window now. We are in full spoiler territory, all spoilers all the time. Ask any question of Dead Sons. Do you guys have any questions? Yeah, I I, I do. Mm-hmm. Is there
3: is there a a part of uh, that 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 kind of speaks to you of any any book? That had something that you were really hoping to un- unleash upon us that our group of characters, our little gang took a, a hard right and just didn't get even close <laughs> to doing that
1: Well, there, there's there's not so, so much railroads in, in this AP because you can kind of do stuff out of order and you can break new for new grounds in, in some parts There's a lot of things that were like, I have no idea how this is going to play out I'm interested. Like, it might be a really awesome part of the adventure. It might be the worst part. <laughs> but I would say one of my favorite APs in the, the six, one of my favorite moments was when you guys were on the floating the Broken Isles off of Istamac. Mm-hmm. In the mold-covered building, and as soon as you got done with this like amazing fight, we had the escape from the the uh, the building as it collapsed. And I, I really wanted someone to be buried alive in the rubble. There's like all these cool rules for that, and it just didn't happen. Uh, you guys were, were very good in your <laughs> escape. And was so it so draws close? Close. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sidross is very close. I think it came down to like a final reflex save, which somehow, <laughs> and,
0: and he was and he was going to spin that, trying to to shove Knack into a, a what,
1: <laughs> the the the, the, pop, the little pocket dimension a, thing, into pocket. a suffocation chamber. <laughs>
4: yeah. Terrible, yeah. terrible idea!
1: Oh, I'm going to put you in the suffocation chamber the before save. I
5: get
3: suffocated.
4: <laughs> yeah, if he hadn't made the save, you guys would have thought I was a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I think genius is a strong term.
3: Especially for a
0: character that oh,
4: would intubate, a, I was a miracle worker.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, just out of curiosity, what were those rules like? Like, what sorts of what sorts of uh, options would, were available to us? Slash,
1: how quickly would Tyler have oh, died? Well, I think Tyler would have survived okay because I wanted to say it was a fortitude save, like every minute or like you get you get more crushing damage you know like 48 or whatever it was and Jeez. like you start asphyxiating and buried characters can try for a, i think a strength check to try and like dislodge themselves so that's a possibility but that was like rolling a, a 20 <laughs> really? and then other characters could dig them out spend time to you know first try and locate them and then like <laughs> pull the rocks them out of the rubble and you know that was uh, that was a strength based thing like how much rubble you can displace mm-hmm. so I was like oh maybe maybe if someone drops down there like a dross or a lindra can pull them out but that never happened which is fine <laughs> but uh, I'm sure other players who have been through dead sons and been through that part might have had uh, worse luck than than you guys but yeah that was a that was a jason Keeley original and that entire section of that ap is, is was some of some of the most fun of this book i
2: think of the parts that you added to the ap mm-hmm. like character stuff flavoring whatever um different scenarios what was the what was the part that was your favorite that worked really well for you or or i mean maybe you didn't go as as yeah. you planned or whatever, but whatever was your, your favorite part that you added.
1: Um, I mean, we'll talk about this a little bit more when we talk about your guys' characters. Because, I mean, all, almost all that stuff was, like, added or massaged into the AP as it existed. It, it's hard to say. There's a lot of very fortuitous things that happened. Just about everyone's backstory that you wrote up before I even had the AP books. Kind of like gelled in some way with the adventure as written. First things first was, you know, one of my favorite early moments from book one when you guys have like no idea who this Knack Sizrak character was. And we had this scene where he went in and talked to Jibaxa. Yeah. And, uh, Drew didn't know this. And. I don't think I knew it before I got that AP book, but I was like, "Oh yeah, no, Jabaxa would obviously know his real name and his family and stuff." So we got a like a little glimmer of you know what turned into like your entire backstory from <laughs> from there, uh, and that happened. I, I tried to put like little clues, bits and pieces early on for everybody, and then you know some people's stories didn't wrap up until much later
0: and then some people's backstories just seem to gel so well with oh
1: gosh <laughs> with the, the, the ap uh, well, we'll talk about that <laughs> for sure I, I i guess i should you know it doesn't have to be questions for me if you guys have questions for one another too go go at it anything anything goes
2: Okay, I have a question for Andis. I, I mean, Jabert, you have a real name, don't you?
5: <laughs> nope, um, <laughs> nope. My name is Andis. I had it changed last night, and, and I'm gonna have left. to go have it changed uh, again next week uh, <laughs> to new character
1: name.
2: So thinking back to the big cliffhanger where, like, we weren't sure what was gonna happen with Andis, and was he going to like die and re re whatever renew mm-hmm. in the middle there. What was your thought process? Because I think we all, while we were recording that episode, we were all like, I think there was a a, a moment that we all realized that you had kind of changed your mind. I think. Well, well, what we was should, that moment we for should, you? We
0: should probably clarify because for the listeners, they heard us end that episode on a cliffhanger that lasted for two weeks, <laughs> right? Because we true. just went yeah, and it like a skitter shot. Because then we went you to play skitter Shot. <laughs> uh, but but what what our listeners may not know is that we 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 recorded that whole thing and then realized, oh wait, we're going to play Skitter Shot for two weeks. It would be really fun to do a cliffhanger. I want to talk about Jabert's okay. Jabert's real that feelings was, in the time. That
1: was, I believe. Uh, just so we we know who to uh, throw stones at. I think that was Miles' idea, right? To, <laughs> to yeah. Go I, I, well, Drew
3: it. and I both kind of like were really championing that thing. Yeah, right? it's it's it, it's, it's proved definitely, to be like <laughs> I think one of the honestly one of my favorite things that we have done, <laughs> yes. and also one of the most hated things by fans, only because it drove them crazy. Which I think. Well, Is great. It
0: was really (laughs) difficult to pretend for two weeks. What was
3: what was going on? We didn't pretend. We shoved it in people's faces (laughs) on the Discord for a while.
2: Well, I mean, I have to say, Patrick gets all the blame or all the credit, depending on who you are. But yeah, it's totally Miles and Drew. I think. (laughs) But but,
1: well, I should say the the two week break. Um, where Jabert, thank you again, took over as GM for, for Skitter Shot, which was so much fun. But that was uh, to help afford me the time to write for paizo and, and finish up an ap <laughs> right. which was very difficult to do while and, and while i think making this podcast
3: to dig a little deeper and i i'm gonna be speaking for drew but he can he can chime in uh if he disagrees but drew and i are both were big comic book fans we're big fans of serialized storytelling and even though we have a to be continued i i feel like this was the first time we had a legit like massive cliffhanger and
0: yeah, that that you had to wait for. It was the well, right. tune in in three There's weeks. All right.
3: So, Apparently I, that activated Siri. my Siri.
0: <laughs> All right, Siri, so, calm so, down. But, so but, so, to, so to, go, to go back to to go back to, to that episode, we were recording this episode. Uh, honestly, none of us like we kind of knew that this was going to be a decision that Jabert was going to make and kind of want to go through what it felt like for, for him and for us to listen to it. As we are going through this long pause, as we figure out, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? Sort of our cliffhanger, even though it was an immediate response after that. (laughs) Right.
5: It was immediate in the sense that, like, I was silent for about 45 seconds. And then I said it, and I could, I swear, I could cut the tension through my headphones with a knife.
1: Oh, well, I mean, (laughs) I knew, because we had talked beforehand in our... GM one-on-one player powwow that you were going to go and bring in Andis one four eight. I know, <laughs> and it, it was at one point I forget it might have been it might have been when Miles had Ramey give his you know like uh, his speech to the dying Andis one four seven. That I was like, oh boy. Oh, Jabert's not gonna go through with it. I I just knew because I was; uh, tears were welling up at my eyes. Yeah, at some point, at some point, sort of
5: during the episode, I think it was very early in the episode. I I was like private messaging Patrick, but he didn't see it until after the episode. (laughs) And I was just like, I don't know, man. I don't Uh know if I can do this. It's gonna. Oh, should I? Oh no! What am I? And then like, and then like, I, I. I I wish I could remember who it was that was talking at the time, but somebody said something that just triggered something in my mind. And I was just like, I can't do it like this. I can't do Andis one four seven like this. And and we could
0: oh, feel man. you changing your mind in <laughs> the, in that moment. <laughs> right. It was it was honestly it was, the realist moment this, of the was show. This
5: this uh, <laughs> this, uh, this uh this thing about like switching back and forth between like like listening to the players try to figure out like what happened and then like sort of exploring Andes' little memory palace and then sort of going back and forth like that. I was sort of like. Oh, and this 147 has friends. Oh, he can't. (laughs) They can't leave their friends like that. I mean, I have
2: to say, like, it's some of the. I don't know how it came across. I'm not sure I'm much of an actor, but it was some of the most real I felt about things I said in character the entire season. Like, I really. I, I kind of dove into Alindra's mind and, like, how would she feel about all of this? And I, I really think she would be upset, you know? like Look, We didn't want
0: Andis-148. We wanted Andis-147. So we yeah. were trying yeah. to, you try to really convince you. you.
1: You dodged the I mean, like, bullet because uh, Andis-148 <laughs> sounds like this. <laughs> 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 I,
3: I'm here. How's it going? we well, What's up? What's it like? It's it's really funny because we had those two episodes in the can. I think at that point we were pretty far ahead before we made a decision. And while, while Drew and I have taken delight, if you are on the Discord, I, I really, on top of, of yes, we had a lot of fun, razzing fans. Because, I mean, this is the first time we've been part of something where we could actually do something like that. Yeah. And one, like I said, as a fan of serialized storytelling and a fan of drama and just plain fun i think the i think the best decision we be made was to split those up because I think it. You it mean was, your suggestion was one of the best decisions we made.
1: Well, no, no, no. I, I, I agree, <laughs> I agree I with it. No, 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 no,
3: there are so too. many. Dis- there are so many suggestions I've had that has been shot down at the table. So don't act like this is just all me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no,
3: I, I agree no, with them was, though. This because was it, you,
1: Andrew. I remember, and it was it was a great suggestion. I. It was so evil to me. I was like, oh boy. I, I can't, mean, I can't. But I can't but, even but
0: the pay but the payoff, and that's the thing. Like if we had come back. And we hadn't convinced Jabert to keep Andis one four seven alive for that, right? I feel like there would have been a revolt,
1: but yes, oh. well, <laughs> yeah, the, a- but- and we have been told as much on our Discord. <laughs> <laughs> all good things have to come to an end. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> Which uh, let's let's move on because I mean we can talk to one another all night long, but I wanna I wanna hear from our crittermanders and get get some questions from them. We we polled people on our our Twitter, on our Discord, and I've got got a a slew of questions, so I want to make sure to try to get to all of them. (laughs) Lots of lots of questions, some general ones. This is from Tim, a.k.a. uh, Otaku Chester. Classic flavored Tim. What was your favorite event that happened in season one? Oh,
5: can I go favorite thing that happened? The chase scene when we were on Castravel. I
3: loved oh, that. You, you, you <laughs> mean where Drew and I didn't know how Chases and we constantly <laughs> just ignored him. <laughs> Patrick was telling us what hiding. to do. <laughs> that was the
5: second best part of that entire thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Drew just like continually being, I hide, and it's like oh, there's. Boy. Still a stampede! You gotta run! And then just
3: realizing that
0: I am messing this up in the moment.
3: Oh, oh, I, I was I was like, right there with you, buddy. Like you guys were so proud. You were so proud. <laughs> we were. We thought we were doing really like, well. And Patrick's like, "What are you doing?" I was yeah. literally, no,
0: I'm
1: helping. You can't be blamed because it's not like we we took a 15 minute break and I supplied you with all the rules <laughs> like and had a discussion about exactly. Them and asked we, Drew and I are blame free. Thank you if, if only we had done all that. Oh, wait a minute. That's exactly what we did. There for uh, really no,
2: with your and a you know. su-
3: if, suggestion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's oh, you,
3: uh, so many months later.
2: <laughs> right. If you
1: support us on Patreon, I swear to you, I will get you that 15 minutes of lost airtime where uh, Miles legit asks a question of like how something works and is like, uh, oh, okay. And then just forgets it. Five
3: later. <laughs> oh, uh, to be fair... Uh, uh, that happens a lot. I mean, how many times on air, on record, have I asked about chances of opportunity? Attacks of opportunity. of <laughs> uh, HMI. Over- yeah. my-
1: <laughs> anybody else favorite favorite events, favorite things that happened, see someone? I have kind wow.
2: of a, a a weird take on this this question. One of the most memorable things for me, and I may have talked about this before, but is when Tyler got mad at me for positioning <laughs> with the mountain eel. <laughs> and then we turned our <laughs> real life discussion about positioning later into an an in character scene between Adras and Alendra. I thought it was a really like interesting way that we went about doing that, but I, it was also just really memorable for me. I, I learned love- a lot.
1: I love it going back and listening to that because then, like a few months later in the adventure, and you're like rushing ahead no matter what, and Adras is like, "Yeah, go ahead, you got this."
2: <laughs> well, I think for a while I was like, "I hold my turn until Adras goes," but then he would just run off, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay, that's what we're doing. All right."
3: There, <laughs> there were things too. in in season one. There's so many. There are so many like really great moments in the first season. I, I think I, I think we can all agree. Our first holiday special was a, a blast and seems to be a big splash with 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 listeners as well. But we were giggling like maniacs making that like not all not all of our laughter is even in what you hear on the
1: episode. Like we were in tears. Yeah, yeah. It, it's hard when like laughter goes into that hacking cackle. It's like, I got to yeah. cut. I got to <laughs> cut some of this out. Where it's like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I, I gotta say uh, this is a small moment but and I I hate I hate pouncing on my boy Tyler. But the moment where I did the where he kept mispronouncing the Hard Scrabble Collective as the Hard Scrabble <laughs> Connection.
4: Oh man, oh, man. Megan, book one.
3: And I started singing that song and then like we Drew almost died.
4: <laughs> and Tyler that, got that.
0: so mad about it.
3: That's, yeah. that's, that is always the best part of any
5: role-playing game I've found is when you almost kill somebody <laughs> with how hard they're laughing. Uh, I have uh,
3: almost and, killed him
5: like four or five
3: times oh. in, in, a, in a Pathfinder game. Oh my gosh, it is, cavity is kids. always the Cav- best part Cav- of Cavity Kids, life. Yeah. I think, was almost R.I.P. <laughs> the party. Oh. Cav- yeah, Cav- Cav- kids. Five, cavity
2: five, Kids. Sixth of the party, party was like. I'm trying to look up laughter. episodes
1: as we, we bring them up. Cavity um. Kids is episode 51, Tooth or yeah.
3: Dare. <laughs> <laughs> <Which> we are <laughs> so, so
1: dumb. We, are we have so the dumbest dumb. names for I
5: was listening uh, to God, that episode can- in a bar and I almost got kicked out of the bar because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I, I almost choked on on microphone. I could have died in my in my recording space for the freaking cavity kids. I oh man. Yeah.
4: We've, we've uh, had a lot of fun moments. So much fun. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm to talk a little bit about what Rebecca said, mainly because I would like there to be two events that didn't revolve around me getting mad at people. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are making me like the one time that a really ended, awesome. Tyler got so, real so mad. So list what's, what's, what's even great is yeah.
3: at the end of that yeah. thing,
0: you're like, you're like, I'm the guy. So, so uh. I, I will say before Tyler talks, those are the only two times I've ever seen Tyler mad at anybody ever.
4: No, uh, you're, 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 forgetting, raid, you're son. forgetting the double you're forgetting the double force wall after we quit recording <laughs> three times. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I
3: I have seen Tyler angry in Destiny, but generally he is a big teddy bear and I love him.
4: Yeah. Well, people are going to come away with this like I'm never going to role play with Tyler. He's just going to yell at me. No, no, no t- Tyler.
3: Tyler, to, I I, <laughs> I have played t- as a character with Tyler probably longer than anyone else because I played Numenera with you. Yeah. And Tyler, Tyler is an absolute blast to play with,
0: and, and he will always take the time to help you figure something out about your character or about roll twenty or about how to maximize yeah. some stat.
4: Yeah. We love Tyler. You're you're touching my heart. Patrick's going to cut all of this, but <laughs> what I was going to say is that I really like what Rebecca talked about because uh, when the when the adventure first started, you know, you, in, in the beginning of any I think AP or adventure, you'd really. You might have some idea how your characters are going to interact, but you know, in the scenes, in the encounters, and the RP moments, you're just you know maybe not sure. And with everybody's uh, Rebecca and uh, or Alindra and Adross's relationship, I really didn't know how that was going to play out because you know Rebecca kind of made this naive girl with a ton of power, and Adross was this um, Vesk military pirate captain, and I just had no idea how that was going to play out. And that was a huge scene, which kind of Helped to determine the relationship all the way that eventually, you know, accumulated in us sitting in capital ship guns together, blowing away the enemies of the universe. And I, I, I so I, I think if I had to, you know, maybe cherry pick something i would just say i really enjoyed how that relationship really started with the dross dying on the ground because of a mountain eel and ended with <laughs> kind of a, a lindra's character really you know coming full circle and being this awesome captain and super powerful uh Solarian.
0: T- tyler what was the uh, the
4: name of the monster we were fighting at that point mountain
1: eel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I was going to, and I I don't want to harp too much on this one scene, but I was going to respond to what Tyler just said and say that I think it really parallels Alindra's, like, how she ultimately saw Pasilar and he said, like, the student has become the master or whatever, you know? Like, I think that kind of parallels her journey with Adras. I think in a lot of ways he taught her how because,
5: to... Because she got she so much better and
1: she just like over, stomped all over
2: <laughs> No, no, that's not what I She mean. made
1: Adras look like a fool. Do you no. remember when Adras almost died if it weren't for Alindra like doing 600 points of damage to multiple. <laughs> right,
2: yeah, killing them all. Yeah.
1: Uh, good times. That That's question number one. Let's go on to our second fan question from our discord user jj cheetah this is one i really liked one of my favorite questions we got what if anything would you all change if you could go back and do the entire season all over again i would
5: not allow our fans to pick critical fails (laughs) don't try to hide from me jjj i know who you are
1: (laughs) monster um yeah, definitely leaving that one in. <laughs> uh, I think definitely third wall of force. I think uh, our good friend <laughs> Owen Casey Stevens was right. <laughs> let's let's yeah. make that fight three uh, episodes.
3: I was it's it's hard for me to say because there I talked about this at uh, during our I think our midpoint mm-hmm. uh, when we were doing uh, character interviews. Uh, th- there were so many different avenues I had planned to take Remy in from the beginning. And because he had the reputation of being a grumpy guest at the beginning and he wasn't he wasn't created that way. But now having finished this AP, Mm -hmm. I kind of love the arc that my character went on and the the arc that everyone's character went on. And I don't know if I mean, there are some probably some like in battle decisions I would have changed. Mm -hmm. But there isn't much in terms of, I think, character decisions that I've made. Yeah. Looking back,
1: well, that's good. I mean, no, no regrets, right? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I have I, uh, one.
2: I have one in the yeah. final episode. I wish I had mentioned the fate of Zodi. I totally <laughs> forgot that I had a pet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I
5: definitely um, ate that. Definitely ate that animal. Yeah, or waiting on pickup from the
3: goblins. <laughs> the goblins ate that that creature. Yeah, <laughs> they got hungry. Uh, I, d- I don't. I don't regret uh, absconding McScruffins because everyone kind of got mad at me. <laughs> like the next episode where I basically treat the dog like mine, and everyone's like, "What?
0: <laughs> what the f, man? You guys?" Are remember when we were going to do a uh, fan challenge to name the dog that was a good idea that that definitely (laughs) happened
3: i i I killed that real quick
1: (laughs) uh good times
0: honestly
5: honestly if i was going to change a thing about the season i liked a lot of it so this is a pretty minor thing Mm -hmm. um i probably would have just taken that last level in mechanic
1: Mm-hmm. Frankly,
5: I enjoyed sort of exploring the, um, you know, uh, like uh, the biohacker a little bit. But, you know, it didn't come up too often. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was there, there, and sort of towards the end there, there was a part of me that was just like, ah, man. I could have been a level 12
0: mechanic.
5: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, come on, get part. So I was missing that little plus one to hit. I was missing that <laughs> plus one to hit because... <laughs> I, uh, in the last few episodes, I did not hit very often, and a plus one would have made the difference in a couple of those. <laughs> did, did you hit five percent less? Uh, <laughs> no, I,
1: I hit thirty percent less. That was just because I rolled badly. <laughs> Next question comes from friend of the show Crittermander Captain John three zero zero four one. One of the few people I know that has an. Uh, Starfinder Society S.R.O. Boone. Very jealous of that. He asks, uh, where where do you think the story was going to go? And where do you think your character was going to be at the, the end of this journey?
4: <laughs> uh,
0: I actually have something for this. So mm-hmm. in the core rulebook, there is a description of a number of the different planets. And they spend a lot of time in, in the, the CRB talking about the sun that Absalom Station revolves around, and <laughs> mm-hmm. how there's all sorts of different, like, magically magical structures, and this whole kind of cult that runs the stuff on the sun, and what are they doing, and all this sort of stuff. And when you have a uh, a device called the stellar degenerator, that <laughs> that you know, you think
1: it would degenerate
0: some uh, that, that, stellar that, bodies, yeah, that, that kills suns. I, I kind of thought, I one. I didn't think of it I didn't think that it was going to be a sort of massive planet killer. I don't know why I didn't think that, but I thought that the they spent enough time describing what was going on at the sun that we would go there and do something.
1: <laughs> well, not for a couple of adventure paths <laughs> dawn of flame it takes place on the sun. There you go. <laughs> yeah.
4: Adras yeah. took a hard right turn. Somewhere in his storyline. Uh, I, <laughs> I, it really, it's it's I can't really. remember where it was. Was it when he was naked in a pool with a
0: priestess trying to bring somebody back to life?
4: Mm-mm. Oh gosh, Drew, one, I wasn't naked.
0: <laughs> Two, uh, I think we need to go back to the videotape on that there. Uh, the, <laughs>
3: the I, I think actually Patrick specifies he was in his underpants.
0: Oh, OK. <laughs>
1: yeah. he, he was a little uh, thing, thing, foom. Yes, it was. It was
4: like I, I imagine Adros just wearing a loincloth of some sort under his yeah. armor. That aside, you know, I made a character who came from Vesk military and was uh, at one point a pirate captain, and I really did not think that religion was ever going to play into his mm. character concept. The on, honestly, I thought a lot of what his. I thought he was going to have a lot more loyalty issues. I thought there was going to be a lot more storyline and plot around, you know, him having to rebond to a crew after being betrayed by an old crew and having, you know, I thought there might be parts, uh, where there was actually internal conflict with him and this, this new group that he became affiliated with. But, you know, when you kind of, when your GM writes such a, amazing scene like patrick wrote in the for the Seren ray temple and mother shadowbane as a player it's the kind of thing that you salivate over and mm-hmm. uh, all i wanted to do after that was explore this redemption and discovery arc that was that Adross kind of was choosing to go down and so yeah i i can't think of a single idea i had for a dross for his you know line that came to fruition because everything Hmm. changed at the end of uh, book three.
1: We'll talk about Uh, that more because yes, I agree. Everything changed from where I think we started with Ed Tross. Any other, do you guys remember predictions of, of where you thought the, the AP might go, what we might do? I, I thought,
3: I I guess because of uh, my character's involvement with the, the corporate, angle and Mm -hmm. and him like you know kind of being an outlaw for a little bit even though I didn't take the outlaw theme I thought that would kind of come back to to bite Raimi (laughs) but the stuff that did come back to bite Raimi I really really enjoyed because I thought that Drew and I might have an opportunity to to do because I mean Knack and Raimi had some interaction but it was most of his stuff was with Jabert and and Tyler and a little bit of Rebecca but I, I did, I was very, very surprised. And again, just to echo what Tyler says, when you have a GM who can who can write these amazing scenes that takes elements, that speaks to your character like you did in book four mm. for Raimi by taking, I know that you and I had talked about at least having a flashback scene with Raimi's partner, Liana, but bring her and her being the thing in the sarcophagus that we saw in book
1: one well that how- that wasn't that wasn't in book one but that was a, a similar sarcophagus that we saw at the beginning of book four okay yeah I yes
5: it- the subject of the sarcophagus in book one what was in the sarcophagus <laughs> in book one <laughs> Yeah, so, so number one, what was in the sarcophagus? And number two, why was Gavilar Nord not the main bad guy of this whole thing?
1: How was <laughs> <is> that possible? <laughs> because being undead doesn't mean you're bad. But he was so evil, right? Uh, yes, he was, I'm pretty sure, lawful evil. But he's, he's, you know, the evil guy that you want in your corner. He is actually cares about EOX being a part of the pack worlds so as opposed to the corpse fleet. They want to you know, break away, kill everybody. He's not so much into that.
5: I'm just um, saying, I'm just saying he was a real
1: Chekhov's Alibrian. <laughs> I believe we, we found, he gave you guys a, uh, a message at the end of book three, thanking you for your work on EOX and introduce you to, he had smuggled in an ex corpse fleet member. I believe I said was his cousin uh, in in this this case. Hardgrapple uh, was working for for him, and that's why at the the end in the epilogue, I, I put a lot of give snore in the epilogue. He was instrumental in bringing down the corpse fleet's machinations on Verses with Raimi's family. If you go back and listen to that, he was you know helped to to bring down astral extractions. So he's he's doing a lot of behind the scenes you know high upper <laughs> um okay. echelons and oh boy oh boy if if you guys uh, supply our patreon with uh, some funds no matter what i'm bringing back the norster <laughs> <Give all our laughs> coming yeah. back he's one of my and, favorites
0: and that's going to be his ah. official nickname of the drift rider crew hey norster <laughs> <Can,
5: laughs> uh,
4: would have been possible for the crew when we found that uh transport unit to you know open it up and see that there was a you know, undead in it, and then yeah, like it. So at that point, does the undead person wake up and attack us, or you know, I wonder. I wonder how different that can be. Uh, she would have what, what groups do.
1: She would have spoken with you and and tried to get some information, and she would have been very cagey because she doesn't want to say that she you know works for the corpse fleet, even though you'd be able to see that on her her uniform. But demands you know that you. Put her back in the, the the case and and get her back to Absalom, but and, and not to you. But Rabob, that you But opened.
0: Rabob would have seen that, and that would have changed the whole arc of that, right?
1: The feed from Rabob was going back to Gavelarch office. He was the one that gave you the, the camera, and he was able to edit that feed, so you would enough, have n- never seen her. But he also cut out, and we mentioned this in the episode, everything about hmm. that that part of the ship. So you actually yep. never saw the the case on the feeds. Cool. So let let's let's go on to another question from a crittermander Let's get a let's get an easy one. <laughs> these these ones are taking some time, but this is from also from our Discord. Question comes from Coder Mike. Hello Mike. And he asks which was your favorite book of the AP? We got six choices here, folks. <laughs>
2: one for each of us all right. Um, yeah,
1: well, <laughs> I'll go
2: first. I'll go first. Yeah. My favorite was Temple of the Twelve, oh. and that's maybe a little selfish, but I, I just <laughs> thought that it narratively flowed really well. Like I, oh goodness, can I can even now think back to what we did during that book, and it, it 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 just felt natural to me. But it also allowed for a lot of character development for Alindra, which was mm. awesome. Yeah, Thanks, I was going to say.
5: Yeah, I was going to say John Compton really crushed it and knocked it out of the park there. There were a lot of really memorable moments for them from that one. I want to say between Incident at Absalom Station and Temple of the Twelve, those are the two who I could probably like go back over and like plot or sort plot of po- plot point for plot point, like reiterate those things because they sort of stood out in my mind really starkly. And so I would I would have to say one of those two they were really really good.
0: I, I will throw my hat into the <laughs> ring of Incident at Absalom Station. Part of that is just because I I really enjoy sci-fi corporate drama stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
5: felt real cyberpunk, didn't it?
0: Yeah, and I really I dig that vibe of things. And and yes, it's also a little selfish because. That is kind of what I based Knack around. So Knack was the the smooth talker who could work his way into situations oh. and get information out of people and stuff like that. And yeah, that's I, really hard to do in the jungles of <laughs> I, I
1: I told you, I was like, all right, there's going to be a lot of Knack. In book one, not yeah. so much in some of these other books. Yeah. I'm so sorry, Drew. But, yeah. but
0: you know, but that you know, it's fine. It worked out for the best. It's just, I. But if, if that was book one or if that was book five, it wouldn't matter. I really love, like mm-hmm. the corporate espionage angle and the getting into the gang warfare and and like we we had a huge fight in a nightclub. That oh, is yeah. amazing.
1: So yeah, it, was, it was fun.
5: It was some great intrigue, and that was uh that made that was a lot of fun.
3: I I, I kind of have to, I mean, echo what a lot of people are doing. Is I mean, I'm gonna choose book four because Raimi had the most to do <laughs> <laughs> in that one. But I also did love Incident Absalom Station. I honestly I really loved book six a lot, being in mm-hmm. the giant uh, you know, dreadnought of the Empire of Bones and it being kind of a gauntlet where you we rested what, once? twice three times uh, a lady I think just just the once right I think we rested once more after beating the the general guy we yeah we may have gotten a rest yeah, after, got like before minutes. we actually
5: got onto yeah. the
1: onto yeah. the station oh and yeah then you, only you only had once one on the station. evening rest yes that's correct and that's when you leveled up from 11 to 12 right yeah,
0: yeah. That, that the whole last book just felt so epic I, Epic, yes. I was gonna say oppressive, yeah. but that's under too ne- too negative. It's it's definitely <laughs> it,
1: it also was, has a very different meaning. Yeah. I'm I, I was really actually impressed with how you know crazy the ending was, you know. I'm pretty sure that Servox fight was gonna be hard. I didn't know how hard, but it felt like the the hardest fight in the entire AP as it should have, because it was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> by I, By the rules, it was. I,
3: by the rules, it was. I, I I personally, this is just me, I feel like the Tahoman fight was the hardest fight okay. for us. That, that was I certainly mean, the one where you were in the most danger. I, mean, uh, the I was
2: lines. too. I think I went down and Ross yeah. went down, didn't he? Or oh. almost or Yeah, because
3: Elytra went down and I went over to give serum and then I got, I was getting my, my butt kicked, and I was at a spells. Maybe it was just me.
2: I just remember being like on the floor during the Tahamen thing. And after that I got heavy armor proficiency, which is one <laughs> thing I would change about my character. Is <laughs> get that earlier.
0: <laughs> well, it was Ta- yeah. wasn't the fight where we had the the balcony that had the No. No.
2: no. no, no. The- no, no. That, was that was the, the 12.
5: That was the one where they where, uh they exploded oh. the ceiling and they dropped all those rocks down on us. Yeah. You remember Great. that? Yes. Great fight.
0: Yeah,
5: yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. It was it was a neat fight. It was a neat fight.
2: But that um, was the Solarian, I, right? No,
1: no. With the oh yes. Uh Tahoehman was a mystic, and you're thinking of Azavro, which was the end of um Book Four Ruined Clouds, which was my favorite yeah. of these, mainly because it was the most that I think it took you guys out of the element. You you had just been adventuring in the pact worlds the entire time and that was like you have no idea who these these people are the kish are not in the alien archive you could not have seen them and you didn't really know what what was going on with this place and and
0: and and that fight in particular that zavra fight alindra and adras were both almost gone in that fight and that became (laughs) the rest of us a
3: problem (laughs) well that became
0: that became an, an an andis uh Raimi knack fight as we tried to keep the other two alive and do all this damage.
1: Um, Well, you guys had been breezing through the, the temple found. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta uh, kick some gasoline onto this final battle to make it, you know, something you you will remember. And I hopefully worked (laughs) for, for listening. I gotta
0: gotta say uh, just, just for, for book four, which is, as I think about it, it, might actually be my favorite book of, of of all of them. As as I really
1: put that was put, put memory to the test. Yeah, the ruined Clowns. Yeah,
0: uh, that that whole idea of of dropping onto this ancient civilization that was at the same time super advanced but decrepit and post apocalyptic in this this sort of. Tribal culture that that came out of uh, out of that with the Kish versus the ancient mm-hmm. Kish and and all of that stuff. And it was it was home to maybe my proudest moment in tabletop RPG history with the the moss spore fight and the trap that we didn't set. <laughs> oh yeah, I will. I, that is something I will always remember. And I will never top it. I'll never top that ever
5: <laughs> oh, no. until season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah so. Drew, Drew, set your set your sights a little
4: bit higher. You will you will top that.
1: <laughs>
4: uh, Tyler, Rune, favorite, I will, favorite book? Yeah, uh, I'm going to be completely unoriginal and say that Ruined Clouds and Temple of the Twelve are tied for my favorite, oh. and that is simply because I like uh, mainly because the two biggest things I can call out is the. <laughs> Uh, the scene with Alender, like we've already talked about, and the Saren Ray scene, which we've also already talked about, in in Ruin Clouds, it was when we had defeated Zavra, and you were like, "Oh, and here's an Atrocite." Oh that, yeah, that, yeah. All right. that feeling was the w- it, it was it was equivalent to the <laughs> to double force wall, wall of force, force number two. Thing. Yeah, yeah.
2: It, it <laughs> I was going to say felt, not the last time that would happen. It I'm... was
4: soul crushingly awful, and uh, the, that's
2: the, the closest we've
0: gotten were, to an explicit tag on this show. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, no. no and, then, but,
4: <laughs> and then in general, uh, before we're just a just kish altogether, you know, I, I love it when uh, you have PCs that have to interact with an alien culture and there's a language barrier or there's a moral barrier or there there's something that's keeping them from fully meshing. But, yeah. you know, they're also they're not just going to w- come in there, wipe them out with violence and then take whatever they need. You know, we had. We had to play diplomat, but we also had to strong arm some things, and then there was a whole se- the Zavra section, which we did just have to murder. So <laughs> there was just a there was just that perfect balance of diplomacy, battle, culture, cultural dissonance that I really, really liked. And so Temple of the Twelve, Ruined Clouds, uh, I I love both. You, you like, like traipsing I... around uh,
1: temples? Uh,
3: <laughs> I <hate laughs> yes, temples, I do.
4: Right? <laughs> that's that's my thing. Oh, but, it's, uh, it's
3: hard to pick a, a favorite book because each book had its own distinct flavor and they were all so very rewarding. Like I can't like if I think about every single book that we did, they all had something completely different and original for us to do. I never felt like we were playing the same flavor of ice cream like book one where we're on Epsilon Station and then the drift rocked and then uh going it's to Eox and, and Pastravel. Pl- I mean,
1: that, and, 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 that was the, the, the whole point in writing this first adventure was to make six very different feeling kind of adventure path volumes that flowed together.
2: I was going to say, I, I think every author of this AP was successful in that mission. I mean, I I know that was what they were setting out to do, is really show what you can do with a Starfinder adventure. And I think that they succeeded in that. I mean, it, it, it did feel very varied, and I feel like there's this whole world of stuff you can explore and I, I think it's a really great starter for being able to homebrew your own adventures and, and really understand oh, yeah, how many different directions you can go with it. It's I, really amazing.
1: You can't see me because this is a audio only podcast but I'm saluting the the authors and developers at Paizo for this path. We're, we're done with that one. Let's bring on uh, the second. Um, our, our last question is one we're not actually going to answer because you guys don't have to. And it's from uh, Necessary Evil on our Discord. <laughs> if everything goes to plan, what do the players think their characters would do after this adventure ends? Oh, we're going to answer that once the Patreon <laughs> becomes fully funded. <laughs> we're going to continue those adventures. So I'm happy to say you guys don't have to hypothesize. We're going to get there. Everyone that submitted questions, Critter Manders, thank you very much. I, I want to, before we, we wrap up tonight, talk about your characters a little more in depth, a little more one-on-one. And, you know, I I wanted to, you know, talk about where we started from, gosh, at this point, like two years ago, when we were planning, you know, still playing Pathfinder and thinking like, maybe we should do Starfinder. We we were thinking of these characters for the podcast before the Starfinder role-playing game was even out. And, you know, working from the blog posts on Paizo.com and theory crafting, maybe plot hooks. I, and these characters are amazing. I want to commend you guys because I think that these five were not only just great from the get-go, episode one onwards, but you afforded me as your GM a lot of leeway in interpreting your backstories, making you know the mysteries that were present in there, putting riddles and eventually answers, hopefully, to most of your like, you know, why did this happen to me? Why, why, why is my character Solarian? Why did I uh, have to flee my home planet? But I, I do want to talk to each of you individually first, and you guys can all talk about this first. I want to talk to you, Rebecca, because we, we've touched on this before, but we had no idea what was up with Alender's powers. I had no idea what makes a Solerin when we started playing this this game, right?
2: Me either. And- <laughs>
1: But you made this character early on. I mean, you know that they are involved in the sun and, like, graviton powers. But you made your character with this tattoo of a constellation on her her wrist.
2: Yeah, that and was before the even the core rulebook came out. I mean, that was the oh, summer yeah. before. And it was like, oh, yeah, she has a constellation tattoo on her wrist. And then... <laughs>
1: That was yeah, Low full like four months before Dead Son's book two was released, where we found out in in the uh, Temple of the Twelve that the ancient Eucalam elves got freaking tattoos of constellations on their body. <laughs> so right. I mean, you, you guys can go back and and listen to to our podcast, but yeah, that was in there way before the book released. And
2: well, and when- I I have proof because I have. Character art that was done before the books oh, came yeah. out.
1: Yeah, we talked <laughs> about an episode, one that came out in August. That that yeah. book didn't come out until I think late September or early October. Book two, but yeah, I I was flabbergasted when I got the book. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" I was yeah. Taking a look at the the picture <laughs> of the 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 stargazer, the um the elven statue with all the constellations on her, and I was like. What I can't I can't make this stuff up. But yeah, and I also didn't know at the start that Calithu Seven that was in your backstory was going to end up being a Kish controller satellite planetoid, because that I didn't have that information until the end of the the campaign when I got book six. Book,
2: yeah, no, and book five. Book five. So so at what point in writing the like Alindra's story, did you get that information? Like, did you make that connection that, oh, this can come back in book six?
1: Yeah, I I forget when when that epiphany came, but I was like, oh man, that's where she got her powers and that is where we're eventually going to go to one of these planetoids. So I was like, I just gotta tie them together somehow. And it makes sense, like, there's gonna be more than the twelve planetoids. The Kish at some point had to Craft these things and like design them elsewhere in the universe. So that's yeah. where Calthu Seven came from. I knew at the beginning of the podcast that your reflection in the mirror was going to be some kind of manifestation of maybe your graviton attuned self, like maybe the dark side of Alindra. Mm-hmm. I I did not know what it was going to turn into, but. Yeah, I I wanted people to think that, you know, maybe you had like an, an evil side, but yeah, eventually that became your sister, Floria.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. Well, and I, way. I think one of my biggest regrets was that after the Feloria reveal or whatever, I was like, oh, I'm going to use my graviton powers more and like really <laughs> make that part of my character from this point forward. But at that point forward, we were fighting undead.
1: Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> hard. Were
2: immune <laughs> to all of my graviton powers, <laughs> so <laughs> it made it really hard to act on that character choice. So I, I wish that it had gone a different way for that reason, but. It is what it is, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Great. Let's go on next to Tyler. Tyler is something I've been holding in for a while. Let it out. I had the hardest time writing backstory for Edros. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I, I feel like it, it you know, would have lent itself, this the story of a soldier, pirate, that kind of thing. But yeah, the idea of this pirate that had a weakness for helping others, I didn't know where to go in my first my first idea, which was scrapped completely, non-canon, was that your parents were, like, famous pirates. And mm. that was going to be revealed to you, like, halfway through the campaign that you were, like, uh. a pirate prince. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. And when you guys met the of Rivet, I was going to have her crew kind of take you to, like, a pirate side quest episode. But, yeah, that never happened because in book two... Oh. It kind of changed when we saw a relationship and a kinship develop with Rockholy on Castrovel then her death. We know where that went. <laughs>
4: um, <laughs> did, did you sense that Tyler uh, at all? Like what I was doing? No. When, when I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like the fireside chats, I guess we could call them that Rockholy and Dross had. And I really thought that you were trying to pry me on, two events that had ha- currently happened or happened in the past, which was Adras nearly killing Rakawi and getting you know the crew kind of fighting over that. And then there was also the moment where he wanted to take out Clara 247 two four mm-hmm. on the Drift Rock. And so I thought you were really trying to poke at that character trait, this idea that Adros is just, you know, murdering people who are- unrepentant, yeah. Ready to, yeah, and, to do what the others so, wouldn't. Yeah, and so you came up with this We backstory, which was sympathetic, and you know the idea was like, well, what, how does it draw us feel that you almost killed someone who really wasn't this full-on evil person, but rather just someone who was uh, caught on by these circumstances. And I thought that was really, really interesting, uh, but the, I, I the, didn't realize the full amount of seeds that you had laid. <laughs> I suppose
1: there are there are a lot of other podcasts I think that are, are doing Dead Sons and a lot of other you know. Home tables that are playing the game. I really am interested to find out how many just bring the axe down on Rockaway's head. Like, oh, she's not gonna make it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. see how many you know try and try and redeem her, try to bring her back. A- at the end of the episode where she like actually dies, right? I remember you saying off air, Tyler, you know, Ed Ross would do whatever it takes to bring back and. Boom! My mind went immediately to maybe making a deal, f- you know, with clergy to pay for resurrection services, which is very expensive in the Starfinder universe. And I was 50-50 between Sarenray and Phrasma at the end of book two. Pretty happy oh, wow. I went with, with Ray. <laughs> uh, oh, man. You know, we, uh, you know, that obviously had a, a big <laughs> difference on your character. Can you imagine if you were like a knight of uh Pharasma How different Edros would be here at the end. But
4: oh, I ended yeah, up. Be, oh.
1: I did all this background research for that episode on the goddess, and that was what afforded me the opportunity to do some writing for Paizo in the the, the Starfinders background on the Church of Serenray. Which, when you're listening to this. It might be out. That's it's gonna be in Dawn of Flame Book One, Firestarters. Um, a little back chapter about the the church in on the sun, you know, and, and the worship of the goddess. She has turned into one of my I mean all-time favorite fantasy gods. <laughs> um I'm right. I'm about to play a Pathfinder of Saren Ray in in Jabert's Pathfinder game, which I'm very excited yeah. about. But I've fallen yeah. in love. Saren
4: Ray- Yeah, is amazing. She's one of the oldest goddesses. I think one of the things that makes her so interesting is that she doesn't shun a lot of the other evil gods in the pantheon because she is about redemption. And so, you know, she actually spends time with some of these other evil gods trying to, you know, convince them or work with them to, you know, be less evil. And so it adds a really cool layer to her that she is this uh, obviously extremely uh, powerful, extremely influential goddess, but she always has room for trying to you know really make people better and getting to take that and put it into Adras's story was yeah i knew
1: you know after that episode it's like Adras's story is going to write itself like i don't need to add too too much more to it like your journey became your backstory and your your future story, you know what we can see what happens to Adros after level thirteen. At the end of book six, one of the bosses is an undead vesk, so that definitely is going to be incorporated into the vesk Sarenites backstory. Yeah. <laughs> one are are you th-
4: talking about the, the the gate crashers or Nishal? Uh, ga-
1: well, both, really, but yeah. uh, the gate crasher was. Reanimated Varanus, basically part of this yeah. crazy genetic
4: undead program that that we wrote into Braskin's backstory. We didn't, unfortunately. One of the things I actually thought about when we were fighting the Gatecrasher is, you know, does Adros think that he could save <laughs> this? No. This being, but when you, you know it became apparent throughout the fight, there was really no no reason to role play uh, that this thing <laughs> after is... the first crit
1: on you, you're
4: yeah. like, oh no, you're, you're dead, <laughs> grandpa, you're
1: going down. So. Yeah, uh, do you
5: doing magic, bro? <laughs>
1: you, you are out of here. Next, I want to talk to both Drew and Miles, and I kind of want to talk to you at the same time about Nack and Raimi because in a lot of ways your backstories are a little similar you know, trouble with your family in the past being on the run for different reasons and in the end we saw both your characters kind of backstories have a bit of a resolution in book three on Mm -hmm. EOX and that was just something like storytelling wise I knew I had to do it because you leave the back worlds right after that, and right, you know, it felt a little truncated because it was. <laughs> we, <laughs> couldn't, we couldn't come back and <laughs> and, uh, and add too too much stuff in. Yeah, yeah, Miles, I really enjoyed your uh, with Raimi, starting with everyone learning that he's a rich boy, and <laughs> uh, you know why you're on the run when those mercenaries showed up, hired by your your erstwhile lady friend. Um, I thought that was some some pretty tense. Uh, backstories coming to haunt people.
3: Yeah, no, I like I said, I that's kind of one of the reasons. But by, by book three, is, is, is favorite is just because of the stuff with, with my character. I think one thing that you know we were coming off of a homebrew Pathfinder campaign, and we all had stuff that we really got into our characters for. So I think knowing we were doing this podcast, you know, with season one of this show, we all, I think every single person put a lot into their, their character. And I think everyone had these really great stories that we honestly didn't communicate a ton on at first.
1: Mm-hmm. So it yeah, was well, so much of it. Like I said, was coming bits and pieces.
3: And I know you had talked to me and, and, you know, we would bounce ideas on, on, you know, any ramifications from, you know, at least my character's background with, you know, I, I had put Raymond in a position to where you could use, you know that him him being kind of an outlaw of, of this hyper wealthy family, that you know bounty hunters or something could could come in. I I, I honestly did not see, one the the arc of Ziravesh controlling Raimi's family and this generational thing that had happened. I I loved that. That was definitely that was all you and I did not see that coming, and that was so much fun for me and so rewarding for my character because, and I think a lot of people will note like. Raimi, after that, he's he doesn't immediately lighten up, but he he has a pretty pretty sharp character turn after <laughs> a lot of that's resolved.
1: Yeah, well I mean it's th- there's still like problems back home, but like a big question mark is kind of answered and at least some justice is met. We we find out that, you know, higher ranking members of the Corpse Fleet are kind of behind some of the mass nations. I I also feel like putting
3: a face on everything that has gone wrong in his life and being able to overcome that and he and his friends, you know, defeat her. And I think it also instills the Starfinder mission, at least this particular Starfinder mission, in the character more because he's got a personal stake. You know, if this can happen to me, think of how many countless lives are being ruined. Yeah,
1: yeah. Drew with Nack... I kind of wish we had more time to tell these corporate intrigue stories like in <laughs> book one. But, you know, at the very least, I wish I'd known about Zix and Zazz in five earlier because I would have loved to have introduced the idea of them earlier on in in the show. I didn't know that they existed because I didn't have the, the books while I was prepping it. But I really enjoyed, you know, your trial episode, the special episode where we get to see know family the feldspars for real the original idea you had for knack was <laughs> that he was gonna have like a cousin or on, a relative on every on planet every planet <laughs> and which wh- when zix and zaz came in book five i was like oh man that's so crazy we need <laughs> we need to bring that back it, but
0: it, yeah it was it was something that was such a In my opinion, a good idea, but because of the way that the story played out, just didn't really work. And that's where...
1: Yeah, can you imagine in book six if there's like an undead Ahsoki and it's like, "Ah, It's my cousin, Nack.
0: Hey, how's it going? It's one of those things where, uh, you know, Nack was the first character that I really spent a lot of time working on. Uh, I'm new to uh, tabletop RPGs. This is something that is known if you've been listening to our show for more than two episodes. And so I, I had all of these lofty ideas of things that could be done with knack and and just the stories that that are out there just didn't didn't really work for for some of the thing, the ideas that I had in mind. But regardless of that, I I think it's interesting and I kind of want to turn this a little bit is I remember so all of the rest of the characters being so antagonistic towards Knack. like Knack was the, not the the trustworthy <laughs> member of the of the crew for the longest With good time. reason for the longest time, and it was mostly Raimi that was
3: <laughs> the, the, the Raimi who had the
0: most to hide.
3: Ah, interesting. You, you kind of go in knowing Raimi has a lot to hide,
0: and, and it's and it's weird. I'm not sure when the ch- when the transition happened to to everybody being really untrustworthy and, like, Adras had stuff to say about what Knack was, was talking about and what Raimi had to say about what Knack was talking about, too. Everybody's kind of on the same page. And I want to say it was somewhere around the end of Book 3, beginning of Book 4.
1: Yeah, it's like having, um almost died together like two or three times. You're like, all right, I can trust these well, guys. Yeah,
0: it, it, it's, it's kind of realistic in the way that, that all played out. And it's not not something that I expected to happen. Uh,
3: speaking specifically to Raimi, it was uh, the beginning of book three when mm. Nack reaches out talking about his family, because yes, like Drew said, you know, yeah. we, we oh, have- I forgot about we, that. Yeah. We have gone through stuff together because on Absolute Station, you know, Ramy. not Ramy. well Ramy doesn't trust Nack, but Nack does not prove himself necessarily trustworthy because we know he's an underground figure and he keeps ending up in these weird scrapes. And after that, we've all gone through these very dangerous missions where if Nack was not truly trustworthy, he would have left you there or would have not bothered to help. So having gone through these things, having battled people that Raimi knew were hired to kidnap him, After all that, instead of blaming Raimi for what they had gone through, Nat goes to his ship room and says, hey, I have family issues, too. If you want to talk about this, we can we can, you know, bro out. And I think for for my character, that was the turn that Nat
1: really became uh, a friend. Episode 30, Game of Bones. (laughs) <laughs> i like i like bringing up the episode titles <laughs> um, I, I,
0: I just i just also want to say you guys don't know how much deliberation there is about the episode titles for, for our show
1: <laughs> sometimes it gets heated there over so, which oh. which
3: bad pun go in. There are I think some, I've
1: called everyone on the podcast dumb and unfunny, <laughs> to, and we have, like we, have m- we have fought you
3: tooth and nail for some, and there are some that I will still defend till the day I die. That that someone had come up with that I thought was absolutely golden. One yeah. recently, and I was like, I'm never, I'm never getting involved in titles again because this gets too heated. Of all the <laughs> dumb things, of all the dumb things we can argue about. And, and and we'll
0: argue title. we'll argue for two weeks on a title, and then someone will just come up with something at the
1: last minute. What about is the most Ash?
0: brilliant thing that we've ever heard? Uh. Uh,
1: let, let's get back on track, Jabert. Let's talk to you about Andis and your original idea for Andis was the Dylan Thomas poem "Do Not Go Gentle Into That Good Night." You feel the story we got to tell with them lived up to that.
5: So when I conceived of Andis, it was before we got the CRP. And so it was before we really knew all that much about Androids. I suppose Androids did exist in the, you know,
1: the previous... Pathfinder. Pathfinder yeah. yeah. So That's what um, we were basing it
5: on. <laughs> right, right. Well, also, so like I had a little bit of familiar, familiarity with that because, I mean, honestly, so I've been prepping for our IRL game. Mm -hmm. since this podcast started. And so, (laughs) and so like, and part of that was like, I'm going to read the entire Iron God's path to see if I want to do that, to see if that's Mm -hmm. the thing that I want to dive into. And then as I was sort of getting into that, I found a lot of thematic material in there about the androids that resonated a lot with me. And when Mm -hmm. we were planning to do this, to do this podcast and I, sort of came to understand that androids were going to be a part of this. I really wanted that to be something that I explored a little bit. And one of the things that resonated so much with me about the androids generally was the degree of misunderstanding that there is between androids and, you know, more organic entities Mm-hmm. And, for example, it's sort of explicitly mentioned that there are a lot of humans and other, for lack of a better word, races, that sort of are envious that androids get to live, quote-unquote, forever. But mm-hmm. the reality is that, like, you know, if I imagine if you were to talk to somebody who
1: could live forever, they might not want to. <laughs> well. Unless they're a crazy evil person, like a rune lord. (laughs) Then they're like, oh, this is great.
5: I love being evil. I love being evil and living
1: forever. No, I mean, it's a a philosophical question of like, oh, that's what everyone wants, right? To live forever. But mm -hmm. in reality, no, that is really the last thing everyone
5: wants. Isn't isn't yeah? Isn't that really like the worst curse you can imagine? And yeah, so like, I, I
1: wish you a long life. <laughs> right, what a right. monster! Leave me alone.
5: <laughs> right. And so and so when I was uh when I was sort of developing the idea for this character that that those two ideas were sort of bleeding into one another, and I sort of got got it into my head that I wanted
1: for Andes to be a very old character, and... Well, not uh, only old, you know, in in their life, but an old model Android, the first yeah. right model right. yeah. of Androids right. is what right. is what I added to it.
5: Right, yeah, yeah. There was, I mean, so so I, I noticed that you'd mentioned that Andis was from the Divinity, which was from Iron Gods. That was the uh, the name of the spacecraft that lands on Galarian in uh, the Iron Gods campaign. And so, and uh, when I, when I heard you include that detail, I was just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Picking up what I'm putting down. but yeah, so so honestly, originally when I'd conceived of Andis, there were almost more of a sentient robotic organism. Than what are typically considered androids. And so, and so I, you know, that's why, like, very early in the podcast, I'm sort of like, oh, I'm using a wrench to tighten a bolt. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so, because that was sort of how I pictured this character in my mind. But, well,
1: yeah. and, And, well, that provided an interesting arc of you, like, literally being wound up so tight you need, need a wrench to get you to become loose and then like dancing on the bar with Ramy, and uh, you know <laughs> you, you get that way when when you go and, and you visit people of an older generation and they, they see kids and all of a sudden they become a kid themselves. I feel like that happened a little bit with with Andis.
5: Right, right. Yeah, there was, there was definitely sort of a motivation for Andis was since they felt like they'd been robbed of a lot of their uh, youth. They had a deep Desire to go out and experience the world and have an adventure, and I think Andis got all of that that they needed. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I appreciate you bringing up the Dylan Thomas
1: po- uh, poem. Well, that was one of the major influences on about half a year ago. Mm-hmm. I made the decision that I wanted to end season one with Andis's renewal. If they, you know, after episode 46 and 47, when they came back, I was like, okay, we, we'll go into the future to when they decide themselves so that it's time mm-hmm. to, to move on. And I knew that saying not goodbye, but farewell for now to these characters was going to be hard. So I wanted you all to have as players a chance to do it, but also the characters themselves, you know, to talk about splitting the party eventually Mm -hmm. and moving on to other things like Season 2 of the Mm -hmm. podcast. One last thing before we go. we got to wrap this episode up, but for the last 70 episodes or so, this has been great. For me, as GM, it's been some of the most rewarding gaming sessions, individual sessions. Uh, I've had the privilege of sitting in on Game Mastering. I know it's going to be hard, but for the last part of this episode, I, I just want to talk a little bit about our, our favorite episodes of the, the season. We've talked about some of them already, but uh, I, I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys have uh, have to say, what your, your favorite single one is. Go <laughs> go to our website, look at these episode titles, and, and get a little blast from the past. I
3: mean, as far as episode titles, I, I will... <laughs> Been doing this all night. I will never not be proud of Hook uh, Akuna Akata. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, not, not Akata. Not only is that a great episode title, that's a fun episode. <laughs> like it's like starts with this cheery song you guys made up, and then it's like, oh, these Akata are cosmic critting you for the first time. So that
0: that's the thing about the Akatas in general, and th- that episode came after we had met the Akatas for the first time. The Akata fights, and and really the what was the name of that ship? I don't even remember what the name of the ship we were on was.
1: The Creon. The Creon. Uh, yeah.
0: Yes, thank you. That was the first time that I feel like we I felt personally real danger in 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 <laughs> yeah, the show. I feel like
1: a lot of people playing this AP <laughs> felt the same way. Yeah, like every every
0: time we'd had a major fight or 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 any fight, it seemed like it was you know touch and go but we were gonna be okay there was one fight that we got really lucky and we i don't think we realized how lucky we got at the time uh with the the fight at the end of the the bar but that was the first fight that oh we did not do well in this fight and it was the first fight of this entire ship and there's not a team of absalom station security to heal us after this Mm. fight
1: yeah, the, the dungeon crawl, there's no turning back. <laughs> the ship leaves after that, and it goes downhill from from there. I know that I think my favorite episode, both my lowest low and my highest high of the season, were on in book three, an asteroid K92-04. In the episode, Scree Shire Hills K9204. <laughs> that
2: was going to be mine. <laughs> That's such a good title. Uh,
1: Oh my goodness. I loved... Oh, I I know Jabert hated it, but... And is getting dominated by this monster. But my first major (laughs) attack roll was a critical miss on Alindra. And then the very next one, I tried the same thing, and it was a reposition into the acid pool. The very next roll was a critical hit. (laughs) So I rolled a 1 and then a 20, and I... I think I could have stopped the podcast at episode 31 and retired from jamming right there. Um, I'm still riding that high like a year later. So. It was such a
2: roller coaster for me. Like that whole fight was just like up and down. Oh, it was so scary, but also really exciting. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Uh,
4: any other favorite episodes? Um, I'll name two. One, I don't know which one, when it happened in, but the, um, it was one of the early episodes. I think it might've been just, it might've been episode Two, where Drew sense motive the snacks.
0: (laughs) So I I want to defend myself a little bit with that. I've thought about this for like 18 months. (laughs) Because Drew reminded you every single week. (laughs) Uh, So I I was trying to detect traps not really understanding. (laughs) I'm not really understanding how detect (laughs) traps works. And yeah. that detect traps is not really a thing in Starfinder.
1: Yeah. And yeah. Like I, detect poison yeah. on the, the, the figs. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> I just, you know, I,
4: I'm okay yeah. with it. I loved it. <laughs> it was a great, it was, it was, I think, probably one of the hardest I've laughed, but I think my favorite... Episode was uh, if I think back on it, it's probably Valis and Wonderland, which was episode forty-four, which is the mainly just because I loved the Dreaming Pool experience with Alindra. I just I really liked I, re- I already really liked the Ruin Cloud setting, and I remember when it was one. Of, it was also a hard moment as a player because Patrick just threw down this gauntlet of player backstory, history, complications, and then he's like, you wake up. You're in the pool. Off you go to a boss fight. <laughs> and it's like, wait, no, what just happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
1: and she decided to internalize it and just be I like, know. let's just go. <laughs> well, yeah, let's do this. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, actually, I wrote down before this episode, I was like, one of the things that I wish I had had a better opportunity to do was to share these experiences that Alindra was really internalizing with another character, but it didn't feel natural at the time. But yeah, I, I wish that I had like shared that with someone in retrospect, but it, it just didn't really come up. But but yeah, it, it also just took me by surprise because I had no idea that was coming. So
0: any other favorite eps before we wrap
5: up season? If it's not too self centered, I would just like to say I loved. Tales from the Crit, <laughs> our first Halloween episode. Um, I mean, I, I know that's not exactly a season one thing, but uh, I was uh, I had a, I was very lucky. of
1: fun with that. Was that yeah, our that was first
2: a, special episode? I think uh, it was.
1: I think it was, yeah. X01, our Halloween special, yes, was... Yeah a day before or a couple days before xo 2 the crit stop
5: <laughs> right yeah the crit I stop was... was the was was the one after that but yeah the halloween special especially it came out on my uh, on my birthday mm-hmm. uh, yeah it was a uh, it was a real treat to get to gm for you guys and you guys are great and that was, uh, it,
4: was uh, um, it was one of the Few times where I considered myself extremely lucky, I was muted when you were describing the end boss, and you're like, and cross his hat or whatever, it was puff. <laughs> it was just like it was, like, it was the stay puffed marshmallow. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was just such an epic reveal. This and I loved the, it so just, much.
5: It, it was so goofy. I loved it. it I so loved great. it.
0: That, that episode also led to a very meaningful conversation off air that Jabert and I had about metagaming. And mm-hmm. it changed how I played from then on. I will mm-hmm. always remember that.
1: I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to wrap this episode up. I honestly think we could reminisce and talk about this first season for another oh. two or three episodes. But you got to get to season two. It's going to. Do you guys remember when
0: Alindra knocked that kish off the side of the the landing platform? I said, we're
5: done here! You you, you straight up pushed him off of of Bespin!
1: It was the end of of Die Hard, for sure. But, If if you want uh, if you want us to do another episode like this, we can. Uh, maybe we'll make that a Patreon thing. Make sure to visit us on patreon.com and tell us what you want us to do. We'll make whatever content our our uh, Critter Manders want.
5: Please tell us tell us what to do. We'll do whatever
1: you say. Thank you to our listeners out there for sticking with this podcast, this story and with the six of us for this season, this 18 months of uh, of Cosmic Crit, the the fan involvement throughout our challenges, our Discord, our amazing fan artists out there, all of it has meant the world to, to us as GM and, and players, and I know it means a lot to some of you out there listening as well. With all of you that have stuck this far into this episode, I also want to thank you. <laughs> um, this is a long one, but uh, we are going to be back next week to get ready for season two with our kickoff character extravaganza or episode zero if you will i can't wait to get to that that's gonna be very exciting mm-hmm. officially starting season two so until then let's sign off for this season everybody please take a bow blow a kiss and say Goodnight, <laughs> Goodnight, Crittermanders. good insert night critter insert
5: airhorn sound good here get him right, air horn air horn air horn
1: that's a wrap